five tips for teaching your child at home. Hi everyone. Obviously these are strange times and challenging times for parents who suddenly find themselves having to support their children's education. We totally understand that and so we thought we'd come up with these five tips for how to go about working at home with your child. We appreciate you already starting to do this anyway and at the Easter holidays maybe it's a good opportunity to have a bit of a step back and so when the, your work resumes these are the steps that you can follow. Step one, don't stress. I know it's stupid to say to someone who is stressed, don't stress. It's absolutely pointless. But the truth is, your child's education is not something to stress about at this point. Public examinations, well, if it was a normal calendar, would be a long way away, apart from this summer, which is gone. And we don't know what will happen in terms of future examinations. So... There's no imminent exams to worry about. And to be honest, you can't break anything. Anything that you do is not going to do harm to your child's education, except allowing them not to do any work whatsoever, obviously. We've got your back. We will pick the pupils up when they come back into school and we will build upon the brilliant work that you have done. Don't worry about somehow letting your child down as long as the child is working getting through work we are going to be able then to pick up the pieces afterwards and slot in any little gaps a lot of teaching is often teaching skills and then going over them again at a later stage to make sure that those skills are consolidated so okay maybe a, a children may miss out on a stage of that but we'll find ways to make that up trust us also in terms of feeling stressed if a child isn't really getting the idea, if you like, if a child is not being successful in their work, you might well feel bothered by that. Learn to embrace failure. Learning is a process. We learn by getting things wrong. There are very few people who, the moment they're taught something, immediately can do it perfectly. So embrace that failure, work out why it didn't work, and try again. Often, the mistakes we make are the things that we remember the most. I can recall when I was in about year eight, which, as you can tell by my less than boyish looks, was quite a long time ago. I, embarrassingly, thought that the contraction, the shortened version of will not, was willn't. I'd never really given any thought to it either way, if I'm honest with you. So I wrote it in a book, and I always remember on the side of the page... The teacher had written, willn't, that's an astounding word. And I realised then that it was wrong, that stuck in my head. Crucially, and we'll talk about this in tip three, the teacher didn't give me the answer. I had to go away and work out what I got wrong. And that's an also a good point of teaching, we'll get to that in a second. So remember, please don't stress. Number two, don't pass on your fears. I think it's crucial because you're being put in a very difficult situation and will be asked to look at things outside your area of speciality that you speak positively and encourage achievement and praise it and, and don't pass on any concerns you have yourself. Let me give you a practical example. How many adults say, I can't do maths? That's not a positive attitude that will support kids. In fact, let's be honest, that 
that statement is something which has been passed on from generation to generation as people find maths difficult and then develop a fear of it and then encourage everyone else to have that fear by saying how difficult it is. Everyone can do maths. We can all do maths to different levels. And often how well we do maths depends on how much we actually practice it. But I can guarantee you that if you go into maths lessons with an attitude of I can't do this, you will do badly. So don't say that to the kids. Encourage them. If you can't help them, that's okay. Just be honest about it. I'm an English teacher and a genius, but sometimes there's words I can't spell. Very rarely. I'm not going to bluff it. I'm going to tell them, oh, I'm not sure about that. I'll have a look in a dictionary. And then they see, right, if you're not sure about something, you don't have to be perfect, but you find out the answer for yourself. So don't pass on those fears. If someone asks you to find the area of a trapezoid, say, I don't know how to do that. Let's look on Google and find out between us. So let's put back in your maths book and find out between us. Yeah? We learn by getting things wrong. I found when I was in school, maths was a bit like riding a bike. Um, I couldn't do it at first very well. When we started a new topic, I'd have to work at it and work at it. But then eventually it would click. And like riding a bike, once you can ride a bike, you can't unlearn it. You can do it then. So it's developing a skill maths. So don't discourage if a child is not getting it. Encourage them to keep at it and they'll get there eventually. As an English teacher, I, I used to hear, and I don't hear it so much now pleasingly, a lot of children coming in saying they don't like Shakespeare because, and this is the phrase that always came up, it's all these and thous. Well, it isn't. And clearly, when, when, this, when generations of kids keep saying the same phrase, it shows that it was passed on. People who didn't like it in school complaining about it, and then everybody would say the same sorts of things. I've got to say, people tend to have a much more positive attitude to studying things like Shakespeare than they used to, but there's still a little bit of a fear of poetry, um, which is a shame because things like that, and I think a lot of people realise this in upper school, uh, poetry is something which, when you really get your teeth into it, is fantastic fun. Yeah, I might make a video about that one day, you know. But remember, don't pass on your fear. Be upbeat. Be positive. Step three, step away. Now, I'm not talking about social distancing here. I'm saying let your child work. You feel responsible for your child at home doing their work and you feel like you ought to be jumping in, helping all the time, sitting by their side. Now, making sure they actually get their work done, yes, that is something you should do. But sitting next to them while they do it all is not... Appropriate, perhaps, at the start, when you go through a topic that's been set by a teacher to make sure that they understand it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But then let them do it. Let them do it. Let them stand on their own two feet. Let them get right or wrong. And then come back to it. Maybe go through with them at the end and say, right, what did you find? Because if we give in to the temptation of sitting with a child every step of the way, any child will take advantage of that. Kids aren't dumb. If you sit right next to them and you go through the question, they'll clam up and let you do it. My dad did all my maths homework when I was in St. Joey's. Hi, Dad.
dear, I played you. Also, and this is going to sound a little harsh, don't necessarily answer all their questions. That's not a blanket comment, but naturally in a classroom environment, kids want to reassure themselves by checking what the answer to certain things are. I don't just mean the answer to questions, just how to do something or what do we have to do again. Those are unnecessary questions. Uh, I think you've got to encourage them to work it out for themselves. The number of times in recent years pupils have put their hand up when I've uh, set a task and asked them basically to do it on the board for them or give them the answer would surprise you. Um, we have spelling tests in English and it used to be a, a, a classic joke. You'd read the word out, they have to write it down and a comedian in the class, and I always, I always look forward to this, would ask, Sir, how do you spell that? Obviously, that's a joke. However, increasingly, you get more and more questions like that in class now, where you put a question on the board and then they'll say, how do you do that? Well, that's what I'm passing to you now. So let them stand on their own two feet, let them work out and ask questions only when they're crucial and they can't work out their answer. If a child asks me for a spelling, I'll tell them to look in the dictionary because they're there to learn, not to get me to give them facts which they've learned nothing from. Um, to an extent, I'd say at the Google Classroom, I, I would discourage a lot of the questions that come in on Google Classroom because I think that is then that becomes their security blanket. If you can work it out for yourself, don't ask the question, is a good rule of thumb to give to kids. Because like I said, you learn by mistakes, you learn by working things out, you learn by process. I'm not saying just dump them somewhere, but I am saying once, once the fundamentals have been gone through, the pupil then needs to stand on their own two feet and work it out. So don't stress yourself thinking, right, so little Billy's got two hours now of work, I've got to sit there and spend two hours there doing it with him. Give little Billy a 15 minute build up, explaining what he's got to do, walk away, come back. Number four, learn a skill. Here's a cute little trick. Why don't you get your child to teach you something new? Be good for you, you're stuck at home as well. And so while being cooped up, you can, you can pick up something new and interesting. And it could be any sort of thing. But the, the point is that teaching a skill teaches yourself that skill. So your child will be consolidating their learning. Now, it could be that you ask them after the, a session of work, oh, how does that work? Tell me about that. And if they're able to explain it back to you, clearly they've learned it. Um, it could be something simple like Google Classroom. Now, we put up a video for parents on how to use Google Classroom. It's a fairly rudimentary video, but hopefully covered the bases. Um, why not ask your child to explain Google Classroom to you? Not least because it helps them to consolidate their confidence with it, but also because maybe it'll help the both of you to work out what are the actual genuine problems, any area you're not confident about, because then you can ask us, can't you? I remember doing my uh, A-level history, and I basically, <laughs> oh, my mum, very patient, uh, allowed me to give her history lessons after breakfast, and I, and I, I went through 20th century history with her. I remember the exciting chats about the Sino-Japanese War. Um, <laughs> but it helped me. It gave me confidence. 
Also, games can be a fun way to learn something. So learning doesn't always have to be the traditional thing. Uh, you, you can work out games to, to do certain things. Is there a little physics experiments you could do? Something you try out in reality. Step five, create a routine. I do think this is, this is valuable. It's also valuable to correct to, to select a, a regular setting, I think, which is quiet and, and make sure people, pupils aren't disturbed. But create a routine, because I, th I think by doing that, you give form to the day. Uh, you can also use that as an incentive. I'll give you an example of, of how I'm organising myself now. I'm looking to get up at seven, quick breakfast, stroke the cat, watch a little bit of telly, not the news, that's awful. And then I'll come up here to my little spider hole where I've set up my recording equipment and I'll work till about 11. And I know then I've got a good three and a half hours in of trying to produce content. It's a good discipline to have over the days it will build up. I mean, you know, theoretically over the Easter holidays, I should be doing three and a half times 14, which is, come on, quickly, 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 quickly. I think it's 49. I hope it's 49. Um, I'm clever and I set myself a maths challenge while talking to you. So... I'm, I'm done by 11. It's a great feeling when you get something finished and a real sense of achievement when I think of how I'll accumulate so much work. And then I reward myself and relax. Just like your child then can be rewarded or relax. Your child thinking, right, from 11 o'clock I'm done. The day is mine. Bit of fun in the back garden. Console, whatever. Yeah? And for you as well, you're being put under stress. Enjoy your child. Have fun with them. We're deliberately putting up fun stuff. Uh, Miss Le Legem's uh, Google Classroom on well-being, for example, is fantastic. And I'd love to see more pupils getting in on that. She just gives lovely tips. She's also inspired a playlist on our YouTube channel so that we can give you ideas about how to relax or just give videos, just relaxing videos. So... That sort of stuff we're doing deliberately. We're conscious of the fact this is a horrible time. And we don't want to be out of step with that. But having fun will help us to get through it. I, I intend to put an awful lot of stupid stuff up on our YouTube channel in the next couple of weeks. Um, whether they're educational or not, I don't know. But the fact is, if it brings a smile to people's faces when we're in these terrible circumstances, if it helps get the, through the day, that's a good thing. And that's what... You should try to do as well for yourself and for your children so look after yourself please to look after your child and please remember we are there for you you can contact us through social media and we want to support you because you are doing an amazing job you're going way over and above and we appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts we genuinely genuinely do so thank you so much remember you can't break anything so don't stress if you can manage that and look after yourselves and your kids. We look forward to having them back off your hands soon. But in the meantime, enjoy time with them.